Welcome to the Talk of Fame Network. I got a good deal on those boys. The scout said they showed a lot of promise. With your Hall of Fame voters. Don't act like you're not impressed. Ron Borges. You want to punch me right now, but you won't. Rick Gosselin. I don't know what we're yelling about! And Clark Judge. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? On SB Nation Radio. Yeah, moving the game was actually quite logical. You know, folks would come in for the induction ceremony, which was Saturday night. Game was played on Sunday, and like us, a lot of folks were flying out Sunday morning, skipping a game. Uh, by putting the game at the front of the weekend on Thursday, it becomes part of the celebration, not an afterthought, which means bigger crowds. You know, the Hall has spent millions of dollars to reconfigure the stadium, taking the induction stage out of the end zone, pointing it on the 50-yard line, offering better sight lines throughout the building. They want to show off their stadium. It's part of their $700 million makeover. Well, then, of course, Goose, there's the Gold Jacket Dinner, which is Friday. Followed, of course, that night by the biggest celebration of all. Clark, you and I attended the DeBartolo party last year, and it was <laughs> off the charts. Boys to Men was the warm-up act. Huey Lewis and News, the feature performers. That set the bar for Hall of Fame parties. Let me predict the Jones party will top that. <laughs> well, I'm a party guy, as you know, but I also love that Gold Jacket Dinner. Man, to That's me... Good. That's living history of pro football right there yeah. walking around that room. It's amazing. to me. Uh, uh, no matter how many times you attend it, uh, you mm -hmm. just look around and say, wow, look at that. There's Jim Brown. There's, you know, it's unbelievable. Well, and then, of course, we have the actual induction ceremony on Saturday night with seven persons introduced. That'd be LT, LaDainian Tomlinson, Kurt Warner, Jason Taylor, Terrell Davis, Morton Anderson, senior candidate Kenny Easley, of course, who's on this program, and contributor candidate Jerry Jones. And to celebrate their arrivals in Canton, we have, as I mentioned, Mr. Easley, as well as LT's presenter, all-decade fullback Lorenzo Neal, on today's show. Not to mention Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway, who addresses Terrell Davis's arrival and makes a push for his owner, Pat Bowen, as a contributor candidate. All that is coming up right after this. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh, well, uh... Honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um, well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call GEICO, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, Sunshine. <laughs> GEICO, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Talk of Fame Network, sponsored by GEICO. We're 15 minutes. Yeah, just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. And you probably should have gone 
15 minutes ago. Well, it's an interesting story out this week, and I'm sure you saw it. Um, initially, it was reported the Chargers, in their infinite wisdom, reportedly wouldn't allow Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates to travel to Canton to uh, witness LaDainian Tomlinson's Hall of Fame induction. Except then there was another story which said, uh, you know what, Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn, who's the coach of the Chargers, the L.A. Chargers, say, uh-uh, no, 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 that's not true. Um, I talked to everyone involved, and as he put it, at the end of the day, quote, at the end of the day, we're going to make the best decision for our football team, unquote. Well, apparently the best decision was to leave it up to Rivers and Gates, and from what we understand, Antonio Gates actually is going to Kenton. Philip Rivers is not. They have a practice that day with the Rams, and he's staying, but... I, I don't know to make this story. I mean, first, you know, they're not going. Now they are. One of them's going. Uh, so we go to someone who should know. That would be former Hall of Fame voter Nick Canepa of the San Diego Union Tribune, where the Chargers used to play. Nick's on the line with us. Nicky, what, what do you make of this story? Um, I mean, I know the Saints are very clear in letting Drew Brees fly there after practice. The Chargers, not so much. First it was, eh, you know, we're, we're not saying anything about it. Now Gates is going, Rivers isn't. What, what's going on here? Boy, I, you know, it's like I say, it's typical Chargers stuff. You'd like to think they bowed to public pressure, but they don't have a public. So, <laughs> so what are they about to bow to? You know, I think they, I know, I, I think the, they probably got uh, pretty stung pretty good by the by the media, from what I'm understanding. And that, you know, they're trying to make a splash in a new town, and this is what they do. They made a splash. They yeah. made a splash, all right. And not only that, this is one of their own. Ladanian Tomlinson works for the organization. It's, not like he, you know, he cast him aside. That's nothing to do with the charges anymore. I mean, it, it was ludicrous. But they can't, like I say, they have a real problem trying to do the right thing. And that's that's why they're now in Orange County working out on the lima bean farm. <laughs> hey, Nick, uh, which, which Spanos do you want to blame for this mess? Oh, I, I probably a family effort, but I'm sure that Dean was well aware of it. And all he had to do was say, hey, hey. Hey, Anthony, back off. You know, these guys are gone. We could do without them for a day. You know, he had to know. Like, you know, as dense as he might be, he had to, he had to, he had to realize this. You know, I don't know. And, and John may have gotten involved, too. He does run football operations. So, uh, But I, I like to think John's smarter than that. I think John's a pretty smart guy. So, you know, well, I, I don't know. But, well, Nick, what, if, if this is turns out to be the way it sounds and that Philip Rivers doesn't go – you know, how do you explain that, and what does that say about him? Now, I understand he got practice, and he can always argue about the team, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, this is one of the greatest players to ever play there. How do you, in your own mind, if you're him, justify not going? Well, you know, I can't speak for Phillip. Uh, you know, I, I know he doesn't have anything against LT, although I know that Gates was closer with him. But, you know, I, you know, I don't know what, you know. He has eight kids, you know. He probably can't think clearly. I, you know, I don't know. But, <laughs> uh, uh, he, you know, um, I just, you know, I guess he just doesn't want to do it. I, and if I were him, I would go. Uh, but especially if I didn't have anything against the guy who's going, going in. But it's up to Philip. And, uh, you know, I, I know one thing about Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is a good guy. And Yeah, no question. And, and. You know what? What weighed in on? I don't can't believe he thinks it's terribly important to scrimmage the Rams on Saturday. I can't believe this season is going to be made or break on on a scrimmage with the Rams. So whatever the hey, decision is, I'm, I'm sure he made it himself. Hey, Nikki, so, we're we're all going to be there, and you know what? We've given you permission to go too. Are are you going? No. What's your excuse? Yeah. Who are you scrimmaging? I, I, 
I would have to go to Canton. And we'd be happy to have you. No, no wonder I, you're I, a former in, Hall of Fame voter. Goose will get you San into Jerry Jones's party. I'm in San Francisco, so I'm going to go from San Francisco to Canton. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, Nikki. Hey, thanks a million. Uh, listen, since you're in San Francisco, here's hey, I, hope. I, you know, I hope this story holds now. You know? Yeah, well, me too. Me too. At least <laughs> it's, it's, it's good to have somebody there from the Chargers. I think it would be great if LT said, I'm not going in if Rivers doesn't come. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Or, what if LT Nick... says I want? What if LT says I want to go in as a jet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if he great. says I won't go in unless Nick comes? Right. Yeah. That, one of the great things about the hall is they say, "Well, I wonder what he's going in as." The hall doesn't designate what team you go in as. Right. Like, it's not like baseball. That, that's right. The only time you don't wear a hat is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Nikki, I know, as you said, you're in San Francisco, so get running. I, I Listen, I've got one piece of advice for you. I want you to have better luck with dinner tonight than you did the last time Ron and I were there with you. <laughs> well, it's going to take some doing for us not to have a better one. That was, uh, <laughs> that was he was our chauffeur. our chauffeur. I don't even remember. I don't even remember what that dinner was like. <laughs> it was excellent. <laughs> I know it didn't yeah. last very long. Let's put it <laughs> I think you better stop right there, Nikki. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> See you, Nick. See you, Nikki. Take care. I'll talk to you. That was former Hall of Fame voter Nick Canepa of the San Diego Union Tribune and numero uno on the hit list of the Canton voters right now in the Chamber of Commerce. Paris hey, of the um, East. Oh, man. Canton, Ohio. Um, well, I, I don't know what happened there, guys, but it sure does seem like they bowed to public pressure, doesn't it, Goose? I mean, you know, they did something, or at least it was reporting they were doing something that just seemed so wrong. And then they flipped around and said, okay, we give them permission. Um, that happened almost, almost overnight, but right after that story appeared. Yeah, this char- the char- this franchise doesn't lead the league in common sense. Yeah, you know, this right. is a franchise that thought moving to L.A. into a stadium that seats fewer than 30,000 was a smart decision. You know, Dean Spanos ought to be chartering a plane, taking the entire yep. team yep. to Canton. I right. mean, LT put this team on the map in, in that decade, and uh, he, he they owe him that. Exactly. Oh, remember what happened with the Steelers when LeBeau went in? Yep, brought the whole team over on bus. Brought the whole you know, team. You're, you're not right. going to win or lose a Super Bowl in one day in August. Yeah. Well, oh, exactly. um, if I owned that team, Clark, I would do just what you suggested. I take it one step further. I would cancel practice. I would charter a flight. The whole team would go out there, and I would say, gentlemen, this is what you want to be. Yes, right. This right. guy right here. And he'll yeah. tell you how he got here. Yep. Um, well, uh, would you include Nick Hannap on that flight? Uh, no, he could take Uber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, listen, Goose, I know this is a leap, and, and it's probably a long leap at that, but it, it's in such direct opposition to what the Cubs did this week with Steve Bartman. I thought this was pretty cool. Steve Bartman, of course, is the fan who reached out for that foul ball in left field in the stands and the playoffs and suffered so much abuse he was forced to leave the city and live in anonymity. Had his life really wrecked. But anyway, long story short, the Cubs made good on this. They got him a World Series ring this week, and they gave it to him. And to me, this was as genius a public relations move as this charges one initially, initially, as I said, was stupid. Yeah, Steve Bartman deserved a break in life after that public flogging he took for trying to catch that fall ball that, that both Ron and I would have tried to catch. You know, good organizations make smart decisions and do good things. The Cubs are a good organization. Your charges, Clark? Well, yeah, not so, so much. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, Clark, I mean, you said the, the operative words here, genius and PR. You seen any genius or PR in the NFL in the last decade or so? I mean, you know, they don't. Well, I think my wife worked there uh, nine years ago, so yeah. Well, okay, last nine years, we'll say. The last <laughs> okay, genius no. move was when she decided to leave. <laughs>
Yeah, well, <laughs> staying with that Hall of Fame theme here, guys, I, I see where Cardinals cornerback Patrick Peterson, who's not going to play Thursday's preseason opener. Whew, you believe that? I mean, I'm talking about baseball trading deadlines. We're talking about football here. Said he can't help but think of a gold jacket in his future now that he's coming to Canton. Look, Goose Man, I like Patrick Peterson. He's a pretty good cornerback. Aren't we a long, long way from connecting him with anything in Canton? Besides this week's game? Yeah, Everson Walls is one of only five cornerbacks in the game's modern era to lead the NFL in interceptions as a rookie. He's also the only cornerback to lead the NFL in interceptions three times. Ken Riley ranks second all-time among cornerbacks with 65 career interceptions. Neither one has ever been a finalist for the Hall of Fame. So I suggest that Patrick Peterson tap those breaks. So you guys have mistaken what he said. Typical, typical writers, you mistake what he said. What he meant to say was he's going to go over to George Men's and Ladies Wear over on <laughs> Belden Village Street Northwest and get himself a new gold jacket with matching pants and shoes. No problem. <laughs> well, I'm not going there. I'm not going there, Ron, but I'll tell you what I am doing. I'm wearing a gray jacket this weekend. How about you guys? Uh, yeah, I tend to be blue All right. most gold. of the time. I'll be wearing the gold one. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to talk more about the Hall of Fame weekend when we return with our visit to the Hall of Fame War Room. That's with Goose and Ron at War and talk about a Hall of Fame case for a pass general manager. This is the Talk of Fame Network. This is Alan Fanica, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. All right, this is Terrell Davis. You're listening to Rick, Ron, and Clark on the Talk of Fame Network. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh, well, uh, honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um, well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call GEICO, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. (laughs) GEICO, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. You play to win the game. Hey, Rick Gosselin. Yes, sir. You know what it means when Geico says 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means I'm on the phone immediately after the show. Smart man. Listen to Rick, Dr. Data Goslin. Go to Geico.com for details. And you know what? You should have gone 15 minutes ago. Hey, I, I see where uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell, by the way, who's going to be in Canton this weekend, he says he doesn't believe NFL teams tank games. Gooseman apparently hasn't seen this year's New York Jets. What the Jets need this season is the deflator. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe call uh, Ron's favorite guy in New England. Hey, I will tell you this. We, no, we don't believe in tanking programs. I know that for sure, which is why we brought Ron and Rick back into our war room to battle each other just as they did last week. In this year's version of Residential Debates, we're calling it our war room for now. Um, Anyway, if you missed last week, you're in luck because they're back for round two. And as Michael Buffer would say, Let's get ready to Never get tired of that. You guys know the rules. First respondent gets a minute to make his case. You can take less time if you want. His opponent gets 30 seconds for a rebuttal. And then there's a 15-second close. And, of course, if you don't mind the clock and our producer, Derek Burns, is in charge of it, you're going to hear this. Got it? Mr. Goslin, you are first up. 
What's the first change you'd make to the Hall of Fame process? I'd expand the class size by three from five modern era candidates to eight. Too many players are slipping through the cracks without ever being discussed. So every year there are 10 returning names on the ballot. Some of these candidates will stay on the ballot for five, six, seven years. That closes the door on deserving candidates who either don't have the stats or don't have the rings. Through the 1990 decade, there were 95 all-decade players not enshrined in Canton. 82 had never even been discussed as finalists. These men deserve a better fate from this committee. Well, that's a good idea, uh, Gooseman. And in coupling with that, I would say, you make an all-decade team, you get one automatic pass to the finals. they got to be talked about at least one time. Ten years of excellence or some uh, enough number of years that you're picked as one of the three or four best players at your position should at least get you a one-shot at talking, uh, someone talking about you in that room. So uh, I think that would alleviate a lot of problems. Would that go for the McCann Award as well? <laughs> Actually, I think when it comes to the McCann Award, if you've been nominated, you should continue to be nominated until you drop dead. Like Lynn Swan. <laughs> or myself. Just, just to explain, Ron Borges is the Harold Stassen of the McCann Award. Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Which is given to uh, the broadcaster, journalists, whatever, who've contributed. And where they can or get not given. <laughs> or, yeah, that's right, or not given. Rick Goslin's in. He was in in 2004. Ron? Ah, still waiting. So, Ron? Yeah. Now it's on to you. Mr. Deflator. Yes, you've got the next one. If we can keep you guys on a timer here, and we do with Derek Burns on the clock, why shouldn't there be a time limit on how long inductees can speak at Saturday's ceremony? Well, I, 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 I get your point, and I understand that Churchill was right when he said, quote, a good speech should be like a woman's skirt long enough to uncover the subject and short enough to create interest. And some players, they don't get that. But I also feel that this is their last shot for a lot of these guys to tell their story. So let them tell it. Now, I would preclude, however, endlessly thanking everyone you ever met, from your kindergarten teacher to your gardener to your plumber. Maybe limited to thank yous to your family and six other people, whoever you want. But you want to tell stories? Talk all night. You know, so many players have got up there and said, screw the time limit, this is my moment in the sun, and I'll take as long as I want. That's disrespectful to the hall. You're saying you're bigger than the hall itself. No, you're not bigger than the hall. The hall doesn't revolve around you. You will be one of many, many, many busts on display. This is a chance for the game's greatest players to have their final 15 minutes of fame. Don't abuse it. Ron, you got your, Ron, you got your final 15 seconds of fame here to close. Well, many of us think Mike Curtis belongs in the Hall of Fame, and, and it doesn't look like he's going to get there. So he should be able to stand off stage, and anybody who uh, exceeds the limit, <laughs> wham, Curtis comes in and lays him out. <laughs> I, I knew where you were going with that. Okay, now back to you, Mr. Cowboy Junkie. Who should be in Canton first? We're talking to Rick Goslin, of course. Who should be in Canton first, Jerry Jones or Jimmy Johnson? Well, Jerry Jones belongs in as an owner and contributor before Jimmy as the coach. Jimmy won just two Super Bowls. George Seifert and Tom Flores also have won two Super Bowls as coaches and both remain on the outside looking in along with Johnson. Two Super Bowls are not special. Three are. A third ring would have moved Jimmy ahead of Jerry, but the egos of the two men got in the way and Jimmy walked before he gave himself a chance to win that third Super Bowl. So Jerry has the beneficiary uh, has become the beneficiary of this process. <laughs> filibuster <laughs> uh, look I, I tend to think that the hall is about owners far less as far less about owners than players or coaches but having said that Jimmy didn't do much more without Jerry than Jerry has done without Jimmy so as a guy who likes to go to the racetrack maybe they should be a braced entry like an aqueduct one and one a they stick them in together Goose, you have a chance to close here. 15 seconds. Oh, well we're going to see them both on the stage this weekend Ooh. and only one of them is going to have a bust okay. that's the right one 
Could be like a Mayweather uh, McGregor press conference if we get them going. Of course, they're on the stage. They're on the stage together. We can play that Michael Buffer soundbite again, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay, Ronnie. Yes, sir. You can pull off that Raiders jersey for a second because I want you to get this one shoulder over there. There you go. Okay, because I want you to be impartial here. We we recently concluded a poll, which the. And the poll asked, which senior candidate should be the next Hall of Fame inductee? And not so surprisingly, Jerry Kramer won, and he won in a landslide. The two of you are on the senior committee. So, is Jerry Kramer first up on your list, Ron Borges? Well, all, you guys both know I love Jerry and have been one of his champions for a long time. However, uh, my first choice would be Duke Slater, who was a pioneering black player. So good that after the owners informally banned black players... Uh, in the late 20s, uh, they looked and said, he doesn't look that black to me. He must be an Indian. And Duke Slater continued to play. He was also the first African-American lineman in NFL history. He was one of the most outstanding linemen of his era. He was a two-time finalist in 1970 and 1971 for the Hall of Fame and then disappeared off the face of the earth. So uh, my choice is Duke Slater. Rick Goslin? Unlike Ron, I never saw Slater play. So in my <laughs> mind, good. Kramer has the best credentials of any. Kramer has the best credentials of any player in the senior pool. He's he's also been in the room as a finalist ten times. His candidacy has been discussed, debated, and voted upon time and time again by this committee. As deserving as I think Jerry Kramer is, there are other players in the pool who deserve to get into the room for the first time to have their candidacies analyzed. Ken Easy is a classic example. Ron, fifteen seconds to close. Well. Uh, look, we all know you can make a very, very strong case for Jerry Kramer, but but I think the Hall of Fame is about the history of the game, and I would say that Duke Slater was a historic figure. No question about it. Wow. Derek's quick on the trigger today. Yes, but he must have a like date. Our answers. You got a date <laughs> with our answers? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got a Thank date you. With a buffer. <laughs> Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Hey, wait, who's that person going through across the room? Who's that I see? This is Jerry Jones, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Wow. Thank you, Jerry. That was very cool. Love that you. guy. Well, he that, loves of course. Us. He does love us, of course, is our contributor candidate for the class of 2017. That would be Dallas owner Jerry Jones, whom Rick Gosson presented to the Hall of Fame Board of Selectors in February. And if you're looking for him this weekend, you know what? I suggest you look for the biggest audience. Yeah, because they're going to be around him. But if you're looking for former Giants GM George Young there, eh, I suggest you don't because he's not there. Never has been. Hopefully will, but he never has been. And it makes no sense, guys, which is what this State Your Case segment brought to you by Progressive is all about. Now, before we get to George, let's get to Progressive because customers who switch to Progressive can save up to $600. Call or click on Progressive.com today to find out if they can save you hundreds on car insurance. Now, as you guys know, there are two NFL GMs who have been five-time executives of the year. One is Bill Polian was in the first or inaugural class of contributors, along with Ron Wolf, whom I presented to the board, two years ago. He got in in 2015. And Bill Polian, yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. But the other, well, the other is George Young. He's not only not in the Hall, he hasn't been a Hall of Fame finalist since 2005. Now, why? I, I don't know. I really don't. What I do know is that he did for the New York Giants what Ron Wolf did for the Green Bay Packers, essentially restoring credibility, stability, and success to a franchise that had been missing it for far too many years. Now, in the Giants' case, it was 15. 15 years where they were awful, ownership was divided, fans were burning tickets, 
Joe Pasarczyk, of course, was fumbling away a sure victory in the miracle of the Meadowlands, a loss that prompted, of course, a private plane to fly the banner. Fifteen years of lousy football. We've had enough. Well, so did Wellington Mara. With an assist from then-Commissioner Pete Roselli, he hired George Young, and all he did was turn what was a laughing stock into one of the most stable and successful franchises in the league, a model for future generations. Now think about it, guys. In the 15 years prior to his arrival, Giants never made the playoffs. In six of the seven seasons before his arrival, they were dead last in their division, including the previous three straight. But after he got there, well, he brought peace to the Warren Maras. He hired Bill Parcells. He groomed Ernie Corsi, and he hired Jerry Reese. Moreover, he made great draft picks, including Hall of Famer Lawrence Taylor, quarterback Phil Simms, Leonard Marshall, defensive lineman, running back Joe Morris, linebacker Carl Banks, tight end Mark Bavaro, the list goes on and on. And as I said, he was so good at what he did. He was named NFL Executive of the Year five times, and for good reason. The results speak for themselves. The Giants have had just three GMs, including George Young, since he was hired in 1979. They won four Super Bowls, including two under George Young, and reached the playoffs 15 times. And they're the only team, the only team to win Super Bowls in each decade since the 1980s. As I said, he did what Ron Wolf did in Green Bay. Both men fixed once great franchise that had crashed and burned. That won Ron Wolf a gold jacket. But what's, what is it won George Young? zippity doo It's time. No, no, guys. It's past time put him again okay Clark Bobby Bethard or George Young Ooh, that's a photo finish goose but I'd say probably Bethard uh, a because he went to Super Bowls with four franchises that'd be Miami Kansas City Washington San Diego he competed in 71 4 B uh, he was so good at evaluating talent that he was referred to as the smartest man in the NFL in the 1980s by Sports Illustrated and see because he's alive I mean as one consultant told us well it doesn't seem right if it's close and this is close you should always err on the side of the guy who's alive because he can appreciate the honor. Bobby is. George is not. Anyway, that's enough on someone who's not in. Now to someone who will be, and that's senior candidate and former Seattle safety, Kenny Easley. He's coming up next, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, this is John Lynch, 49ers general manager, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Progressive presents Mindflowness with Flow. Your mind is a blank slate as you enter total relaxation. Safe driver, paperless, multi-car. They are wrapping their savings around you. Like the tinfoil that wraps around your hot dog at a ball game, which for some reason costs twelve fifty. Switch to Progressive and surround yourself with savings. Visit Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in most states or situations. Hey, it's Jim. I can't take your call right now. I'm digging for oil in my basement to help pay for my family's mobile bill. A little crazy, you say? <laughs> you try getting a data plan that has enough gigs for my family. And I thought braces were expensive. We definitely need a switch. Stuck in a dysfunctional family plan? Switch to Boost Best Family Plan right now and get four lines for just $25 per line, each with unlimited gigs. With Metro PCS, you only get two gigs per line for the same price. Plus, switch today and get up to four free phones, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 9 10, 17. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited data, talk, and text. Video streams optimized at up to 480p plus resolution. Music up to 500 kilobits per second and cloud gaming up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization applies during congestion. Comparison based on Metro PCS's 2 gigabyte promo plan as of 425.17. For additional details, visit their website. Free phones while supplies last. Requires port in and activation on $100 plan. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. There's people who care where I'm going And good friends who welcome me home So get a fourth hang of freedom Drive the American road 
Marathon, fueling the American spirit. A good night's sleep starts with the right pillow. That's where MyPillow comes in, and now for a limited time, just go to MyPillow.com, click the Radio Listener Special tab, and use promo code SKY to get two premium king or queen pillows and two additional go-anywhere travel pillows, all for 50% off and free shipping. That's MyPillow.com, promo code SKY, or call 1-800-635-1825. 1-800-635-1825. Hi, Tom Bodet, trying to align my chakras around this hot yoga thing. Yep, they finally found a way to make working out even more uncomfortable. Well, at least with Motel 6, you've got one less thing to sweat. They've got clean, comfortable, and now completely updated rooms at a great low price. So the only thing you're stretching is your dollar. Sounds like my kind of place to namaste. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light and the AC on for you. Book online at motel6.com. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Tell you what matters. The Talk of Fame Network, sponsored by GEICO. Just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. And you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Our first guest, Ken Easley, he's going to be enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame this weekend as a member of the class of 2017. That puts him in select company because he becomes just the fourth member, yes, the fourth of the Seattle Seahawks, and only the eighth, eighth safety ever enshrined. Fourth overall pick of the 1981 draft, Kenny Easley had a career that lasted seven seasons, but that was long enough, as you know, for him to earn five Pro Bowl selections, the 84, 1984, of course, NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and a spot on the 1980s NFL All-Decade Team. And we had Kenny on our show in January before the Hall of Fame vote and before Ron Borges presented him to the board. And now we've invited him back for a victory lap. Kenny Easley, first of all, congratulations on your selection. And secondly, welcome back to the Talk of Fame Network. Well, thank you very much. Uh, first of all, I want to say uh, I thank you guys uh, very much uh, for hopefully uh, voting for me and uh, being a part of that, uh, that senior committee selection. And, uh, and I just want to say thank you very much uh, from the Easley family and from me in particular. Kenny, your, your health issues are well documented. You were forced to retire from football prematurely because of a kidney disease, which you've now battled for three decades. And in the last year, you went, underwent a triple bypass. And I had read where you had become depressed and felt you were losing the will to live at that point. What did that call from the Hall of Fame last August, informing you that you were a senior candidate for the class of 2017, do for your spirits? Well, they did a great deal for it. Uh, uh, I was, uh, you know, I was in a real, in a real funk over uh, what had happened. I, you know, if, if it was probably anything else other than my heart, I probably would have dealt with it uh, differently. But uh, you know, having never been a smoker, a drink pretty much in moderation, uh, just couldn't understand how uh, that had happened to me. And, um, and, and to go through the ordeal uh, of having the open-heart surgery uh, and then to stay in the hospital for almost a month, it was just uh, uh, unreal to me, and I, I just couldn't get my arms around it, uh, as I usually do with most things that happen to me in life. But, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame was, uh, was something that... Uh, uh, I think I was home two weeks 
and I'm sitting, laying on the couch. My my wife and my sister is telling me to, you know, get up and go walking, and so that I can strengthen the heart. And you know, I just didn't have any will to do that. I, I was laying on the couch, and then the phone rang, and I didn't recognize the call, and so I didn't pick it up. And that's that's been my policy always. I don't recognize the call, I don't pick it up, unless somebody's telling me they they're calling. Like you guys today, I knew you guys were calling. And then I, the phone rang again, and I recognized the, the name was Frank Cooney. And uh, he said, well, I just want to be the first to tell you. David Baker tried to call you, but he couldn't reach you. But, you know, tell you that uh, you're a senior finalist uh, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, it, 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 just, it, it just moved me in a way that I haven't been moved in, in, in quite some time. And... Uh, that very day, I got off the couch and I went walking, and I've been walking every single morning ever since. Rain or shine. And uh, David Baker called me uh, just a week ago and uh, said, uh, you're going to be the leadoff guy for the speeches. I uh, just want to know uh, what kind of shape you're in. Uh, probably going to be pretty hot out there. If you need to go back backstage, uh, just let us know. Uh, we're here to, to help you. You know, so it, uh, it 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 it's just been a whirlwind since then. I mean, I uh, I just can't tell you what uh, it, it it meant to be a hall of you know to be mentioned in the breath of you know the hall of fame group, particularly when you consider that there's only 310 of them, and uh, to be number 306 uh, is really special. Well, I want to say, uh, uh, Kenny, as Clark mentioned earlier, and I did have the honor of arguing your case, uh, which is these guys can tell you I've argued unsuccessfully for, for, for a few years in various rooms because I was around the Raiders, you know, when you were playing, and Cliff Branch was a dear friend of mine. And a couple years into your time in Seattle, I said to him, so what do you think about Easley? And he said to me, I try not to think about him because it makes me very nervous. <laughs> I've never forgotten that. <laughs> and I, sh- I went to a young kid, plays for the Patriots now, Devin McCourty's the safety, and we are talking about this and that, and I said uh, – uh, you want to see one of the greatest, and this is a true story. I said, you want to see one of the greatest safeties ever played, you'll go ask your film guy to get you some uh, video of Kenny Easley. And he said, who's he? I haven't heard of him. I said, well, I'll tell you who he is. Ronnie Lott says he's the greatest safety you ever lived, so you don't have to listen to me. Well, he, to his credit, he went and he got the tape back uh, made for him. And I saw him about four or five days later, and he came up and he said, man, if that guy was playing today, he'd be in jail. They wouldn't let him play. <laughs> <laughs> What does that sort of well, make you? Thing, well, well, one thing for certain, I'd be, I'd definitely be broke. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What do you think when you watch today's game, as opposed to the way you played and and Jack Tatum played, and so many Steve Atwater, so many guys played uh, uh, so differently than they're allowed to play today? Well, look, I understand how you know why the game has changed. Uh, all you have to do is is listen to the reports last week that, you know, 90% of the players that were tested for CTE were, you know, found uh, uh, to be affected uh, by the disease. So something had to change. There's no question about that. And, And I understand why the game has changed. The thing that I don't get that, that bothers me is, is in particular is the pro bowl. Uh, I mean, we used to play football when I played back in the eighties, in, in, in the pro in, in, in the pro bowl and uh, I mean we didn't play all out but we tackled each other and we made a game out of it 
And uh, a couple years ago, uh, I was watching the Pro Bowl game, and I could not believe what I was watching. And I can't, and and I say it's the league cannot put this on TV as NFL pro football. It has no representation as to what we what we do and what we did uh, as football players. And so I wrote a letter to the commissioner, Roger Goodell, telling him that I was embarrassed to watch the Pro Bowl on TV. And, uh, you know, during the regular season, the guys play hard. I understand why, uh, you know, certain calls are made to kind of protect that kind of protect the athletes uh, to some degree. I mean, the game is, is inherently violent anyway. And so it's, it's only so much that you're going to be able to do to keep players from injuring themselves. Uh, but I understand the new rules and, 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 and what the referee is trying to do and what the league is trying to do. But, uh, but for God's sakes, I mean, if that's what they're going to put out there as, as a Pro Bowl competition, they need to just cut it out completely. You're preaching just, to the choir. I think we, yeah, think we right. feel the same way. It just it's a it's a charade. Yeah, Absolutely charade, and uh, and and the league should be embarrassed to put that out as indicative of, of pro football. We're speaking with 2017 Hall of Fame inductee Kenny Easley on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at at talkoffamenet. And Kenny, uh, we we've heard from many enshrinees over the years that election to the Hall of Fame is a life changing experience. I know you say that you've been walking every day since your election, and I, I think that's actually I think that's fabulous. I think that's terrific. Other than that, which is a big deal, um, how has your life changed since February when you were introduced as a Hall of Famer? Well, I mean that's a good question, and I don't know how my life has changed. Uh, I, I think I think I'm pretty much still recognized by the same amount of people in Chesapeake that <laughs> that have always recognized me. So. Uh, there's nothing that's changed there. Uh, people in the in the neighborhood or in Chesapeake still call me by my old nickname, Poncho. And uh, you know, I got a bus full of folks coming from uh, Chesapeake to the to the uh, enshrinement uh, this weekend. And uh, so, not a lot has changed. Um, I think that's that's the benefit of living in a, in a small city. Once people know you, they know you and and even if you become a pro football Hall of Famer, they're they're proud of you. But they're small they're small town people, and they're just trying to make ends meet and and take care of their children and and their families. And uh, and to them is 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 great that uh, a kid from Chesapeake made it. Uh, but it's, it's not the biggest or the greatest thing to ever happen in their in their lives. So uh, so not a lot has happened. Uh, you know, it's been, uh, you know, good out in Seattle. When I go out to Seattle, the people tend to pay a little more attention to it when they see me. Uh, I was on an airplane coming back from Seattle the other day, and this lady just looking at me, she's sitting sitting across from me, and uh, she finally waited till I got off the airplane, and and uh, I'm standing there waiting for the other fellow who was with me, and the lady comes up to me and said, are you Kenny Easley? And I said, yes, ma'am, I am. And she says, uh, well, I was a fan of yours back in the 80s. And uh, I said, oh, thank you very much. So I get a different reaction in Seattle than I do in Virginia. And uh, and that's okay, too. Kenny, you, you've chosen your former high school coach at Ox- Oscar Smith High in Chesapeake, Tommy Rhodes, to be your presenter in Canton this weekend. Why'd you pick Tommy? Well, Coach Rhodes was, uh, was really instrumental uh, to me. 
when I came to Oscar Smith, well, when I went to Oscar Smith, I was interested in being a basketball player. My favorite player at the time was Julius Irving. Uh, Julius Irving used to play for the Virginia Squires uh, right here in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, uh, at the, the Scope Arena. And I used to, you know, go to almost every game that I could afford to go to. And I wore number 32 in basketball because of Julius Irving. And I wanted to be Julius Irving uh, when I got into high school. But, uh, you know, Coach Rhodes uh, had me come out and throw some passes. And he says, hey, you know, you're, you're the best guy we, we, we got that can throw the football. So he put me at quarterback. And I was already playing free safety. And I was only playing free safety then when I got into high school. And he put me at quarterback. And, you know, four years later, almost every school that was recruiting me recruited me as a quarterback. The only school that came to my house and said that we're recruiting you as a defensive back was UCLA. Wow. And uh, my decisions came down between UCLA and Michigan. And Bo, Bo Schembechler came over to my house, and he's talking about me playing quarterback and being the next Michigan quarterback and going to the Rose Bowl and winning Big Ten championships. And I finally got up the nerve to tell him that I didn't want to play quarterback i wanted to play free safety <laughs> and uh he i mean he almost went ballistic on me saying you know you mean tell me you're telling me that you don't want to play quarterback at the at the finest university in the, in the nation he said anybody can play free safety <laughs> and, so, and uh i said well coach i want to play free safety and so he left the house in a huff and uh and never said another word to me after that, and uh, so the next day, uh, you know, I, I said, I'm going to UCLA. Um, but uh, Coach Rose was really instrumental in, 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 in understanding what he had uh, in me uh, and, uh, and that, uh, you know, I could play the position of quarterback. Not only that, Coach Rhodes was, you know, whenever I went on recruiting visits, uh, he was always uh, debriefing me when I came back, you know, what are you saying about the coach? What do you think about the school? Uh, what do you think about the educational background? But, uh, you know, he was a big part, big, big part of my development as a young player and uh, as a young student. Hey, Kenny, Kenny Easley, we've got to run. Yeah. But th thanks so much for the time. Congratulations on your election. And we're going to see you this weekend in Canton. Congratulations. All right. Thanks, Kenny. That was thanks, Kenny Easley, who will be inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame this weekend. And this, well, this is the Talk of Fame Network. We'll be back after this. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper and get a local or toll-free number or just bring your own. To see how it works, just go to grasshopper.com. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh... Well, uh... Honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um... Well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. <laughs> Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. 
This reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. And you should have gone 15 minutes ago. You should know that signal. It means we're almost out of time. So we're going to the two-minute drill, brought to you by Burger King Breakfast. Derek, start that clock. What's the best part of Hall of Fame weekend? The chance to visit the hall, and in particular, the bust room. Gold Jacket Dinner. The only place where you'll find more talent in one room is at the Miss Universe contest. <laughs> What's the worst? The length of the Gold Jacket Dinner and induction ceremony. <laughs> the hall needs to implement a shot clock. The game. Who are those guys? Oh, he's quick on the trigger again. Look out. Tell me why I should attend, attend the Hall of Fame game, guys. Because America's team is playing. Because your wife does not allow you to drink at home. The person you most look forward to seeing this weekend. Morton Anderson. I don't think there was a player on the ballot who heard the clock ticking louder than the Spartan kicker. Spartans figures. Kenny Easley. Too long denied, but finally where he belongs. Whose speech are we going to be talking about after Saturday's Hall of Fame induction? Kenny Easley. I found the longer a player has to wait for induction, the more he appreciates it. I think Terrell Davis is, but not his agent, who is presenting him probably with a bill. Who cries first, Brenda Warner, Kurt Warner, or Dick Vermeil? Vermeil will be crying when he boards a plane for Canton. <laughs> exactly. Vermeil will cause a flash flood in Canton. If you were LaDainian Tomlinson, what would you say about the Chargers? Eh, refusing, not refusing, anyway, encouraging Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates not to attend. He'd say, I wish Jerry Jones had purchased the Chargers like he tried in 1966. Why didn't I leave those guys sooner? Oz on a Terrell Davis mile-high salute from the big stage. Like a Browns game in New England, it's off the books. <laughs> exactly right. Off the board. CD, LT, BLT, or LOL? I'll keep it local and go with the Texas kid, LT. LOL, laughter is the best medicine. Big, bigger crowd for Jerry Jones is it induction Saturday or his party the night before? The party. You can watch the induction on TV, but this is a party. You really got to be there. Party by a landslide. Goose may attend twice. Well, that is the end of our first hour, but stay where you are. We have Lorenzo Neal to present LaDainian Tomlinson this weekend, and John Elway coming up in the second hour to talk Hall of Fame. What else? You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Dan Fouts, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, it's Jim. I can't take your call right now. I'm digging for oil in my basement to help pay for my family's mobile bill. A little crazy, you say? <laughs> you try getting a data plan that has enough gigs for my family. And I thought braces were expensive. We definitely need a switch. Stuck in a dysfunctional family plan? Switch to Boost Best Family Plan right now and get four lines for just $25 per line, each with unlimited gigs. With Metro PCS, you only get two gigs per line for the same price. Plus, switch today and get up to four free phones, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 9 10, 17. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited data, talk, and text. Video streams optimized at up to 480p plus resolution. Music up to 500 kilobits per second and cloud gaming up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization applies during congestion. Comparison based on Metro PCS's 2 gigabyte promo plan as of 425.17. For additional details, visit their website. Free phones while supplies last. Requires port in and activation on $100 plan. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Neanderings. Oh man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. I scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. 
You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage, why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. Maybe it would just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. There's people who care where I'm going And good friends who welcome me home So get a full tank of freedom Drive the American road And with a full tank of freedom Find your own highway We'll take you wherever you go Marathon, fueling the American spirit You are listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Put this thing on, because it's getting ready to be on. With Ron Borges. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh. Rick Gosselin. No, 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 there's two O's in Goose Boy. And Clark Judge. Hold the roll, hold the roll, hold the Welcome back to hour number two of the Talk of Fame Network, where we are holding the rope on the eve of the 2017 Hall of Fame induction. As I mentioned, we have seven persons, six former players and one owner. That'd be Jerry Jones going into Canton this weekend. And we've already heard from one of them, that'd be senior candidate Kenny Easley. I, I love the induction, Goose. You told me years ago you got to show up. I love it, um, though sometimes I think as in 2015, the speeches run a little bit too long. But sometimes, as last year with Brett Favre, Long is okay. I mean, long is okay, just as long as everyone isn't really practicing it. And Brett Favre was, I thought, magnificent last year. Yeah, on, on the rare occasion, long is okay. 99% of the time, it's not. The Chinese are asked to keep their speeches under 50 minutes, and some have rambled on for 30, 35, 40 minutes. And I do mean ramble. It makes for a long, hot, uncomfortable night for everyone. You know, the greatest speech in American history, the Gettysburg Address, lasted only three minutes. So 50 minutes is plenty of time to say all that needs to be said about any football career. Okay, Ronnie, you're a rambling, gambling man. Yes, Since I read about a zillion posts this week on Super Bowl odds, who's the favorite to go the longest on Saturday with speeches? And who's the favorite to be the most emotional? Well, I'm going to go with Morton Anderson because that's what he's known for, right? The longest. And, uh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. And most yeah. emotional is Locke. I mean, his TD. I mean, he'll be like, uh, you know, he'll be rolling on the ground. If, if he's not the most emotional, I'll eat my hat or at least my beret. I think uh, you may be. I think Jerry Jones is going to be quite emotional. Really? And he also may be quite long. <laughs> I think he's going to be quite long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm betting him as an entry. David Baker's not running out there stopping him, I'll tell you that. Yeah. No, sir. <laughs> hey, Ronnie, what are the chances Jerry Jones mentions our Rick Goslin, who argued his case before the Hall of Fame committee in February? Well, if he doesn't, he will have missed the bus, and Jerry never misses the bus, especially the Cowboys <laughs> Cowboy bus. Cowboys right. Goose has an honorary seat, row three, window not aisle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Goose Man, what are you looking forward to most this weekend? Gold jacket dinner, induction, or Jerry's Friday night soiree? Please. I I've been around Jerry Jones. He's a walking, talking party unto himself. Put him in a setting with 1,200 people, and everyone will have a good time. That's going to be the case Friday night. Everything else this weekend will be a sideshow. Well, we will be there, as we are every year. You'll hear more about it this hour when we visit with LaDainian Tomlinson's presenter. That'd be former fullback Lorenzo Neal and Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway, who insists he could not have won two Super Bowls without TD Terrell Davis. That's coming up here on the Talk of Fame Network. This is Jason Taylor, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. Mm, all right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors mm -hmm. <laughs> and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, 
Uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. What the hell are we waiting on? Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Do you want it or not? Rick Gosselin. Do you understand there's a price to pay? And Clark Judge. Can we have fun? You're damn right. I demand that we have fun. Tell you what I want. I want some Geico car insurance. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. True story. For more details, go to geico.com. And you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Before we go any farther, I, I want to acknowledge the passing of a former Chiefs and Raiders great, and, and that would be defensive back Dave Grayson, who was a member of the AFL's all-time team and who died last weekend at the age of 78. Now, Ron, uh, you're our go-to guy when it comes to the Raiders, whether they're in L.A. or Oakland, but... He played in Oakland. What do you remember most about Dave Grayson? Well, you know, Dave was the AFL's all-time leader in interceptions. Uh, he's a member of the all-time AFL team. Uh, but the thing I, I remember uh, most, I think, is something, a couple things that people have forgotten, and that was really both before he got to the Raiders. First is that uh, he only got into the AFL because the Cowboys cut him in 1961. And Gil Brandt, our old friend, called up Hank Stram, who was the coach of the Dallas Texans, and said, maybe you want to look at that guy. Well, next thing he, <laughs> he certainly did. A year later, he was all pro, and in the 1962 AFL championship game, the double overtime game, Texans against the Oilers, he had an inter- both an interception, and he blocked a George Bland a field goal right near the end of the game, which had he not, there is no double overtime game. So uh, that's what I really remember about him most. And then years later, of course, he came to the Raiders, and George was there, and they just loved each other. Yeah. Well, Bruce, I know you didn't cover him when he was with the Chiefs before your time, but you did cover the Kansas City Chiefs later. What do you think Dave Grayson's greatest accomplishment was? Well, his 10 interceptions in 6-8 with the Raiders. When you get double-digit interceptions, that gets my attention. That tells me you have both ball skills and cover skills. Grayson was a special player in the AFL. Well, I, I'm with you, Goose. I remember him because it seemed like he was always around the ball when I was young. I was remembering Dave Grayson. It seemed like he was always around the ball. You mentioned his 10 interceptions. I think he had something like 48 in his career. So, uh, yeah, I guess he was always around the ball. Anyway, Dave Grayson, gone too soon at 78. Now, Ronnie, I know you're going to be talking about a study later in the segment involving NFL players, but I wanted to get to another study that may or may not happen. I I think it it should, but uh, we'll get into this. Uh, With the NFL formally offering to study, along with the NFLPA, which is the players' union, marijuana as a pain management option. This is an interesting story because Roger Goodell, the commissioner, has been steadfast in his opposition to allowing the use of marijuana in the past. Only not now. So, Ron, why the sudden about face? Is it a coincidence that it came in that same week as the CTE study? Well, you know, since the placate, Roger's been feeling a lot of pain himself, so he's like, dude, <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> uh, look, the owners are getting tired of losing talented players for doing what's legal in nearly half the states in the country. And eventually it's going to be legal in every place but probably Mississippi. So you can think what you want about marijuana, wacky tobacco, as some people like to say. But the truth is it's been proven to be an effective medication for pain for some people. And many players rather use that than the narcotics the teams keep loading them up on. So I think it's hard to buck the tide, especially when the tide is spelled owners. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's the NFL has shifted because society has shifted in its opposition to marijuana. You know, there are now 23 states with some sort of legalized marijuana, including seven for recreational use, including Ron's beloved Massachusetts. So for the NFL to stay current with society, it's looking into relaxing its marijuana enforcement. If the nation can withdraw from the opposition to marijuana, so can Roger Goodell. Because, wow. There we go. Standing low. that one. Yeah, standing low. Nice, Goose. I, I listen, Goose, man, I, I know the Jones boys, and I'm not talking about Bert and his daddy, Dub, but Jerry <laughs> and his son, Stephen. I know they've said they wanted the NFL to reexamine its stand on marijuana. They've said that in the past. So, Goose, man, just wondering, you know the kind of influence they wield throughout this league, especially Jerry. Is this another example of the considerable influence of our 2017 contributor inductee? Like it or not, Jerry Jones is the most powerful man in the NFL today. He's put a lot of money in a lot of pockets, including those in the league office. When he talks, the league listens. Texas is one of the states that has not legalized marijuana, so that puts his Cowboys at a competitive disadvantage with the Patriots, Broncos, and Seahawks, who play in states that have legalized marijuana for recreational use. Jerry is not a fan of competitive disadvantages for his Cowboys. Well, of course, ultimately... You know, Ron, any change must be a product of a collectively bargained process between the players and league. And I assume if this goes over with the NFL pushing it, the players are going to have to give something in return. There's got to be a concession. So what are the chances that we're going to have a change in the league's position on marijuana? Well, the owners never give up anything just because it's for the general good. Uh, they give up things when the players give up something even bigger. Uh, so my guess is they're going to tell them, you, know, you want to do chronic then you're going to have to play an 18-game schedule so you'll have a reason to be smoking <laughs> so You have a reason. That's right. <laughs> exactly right. Don't bogart that joint. Pass it this way, my friend. <laughs> exactly. As it should I, be. I agree with Ron. This is strictly a bargaining chip for that 18-game schedule. And do you think that's realistic, Goose? Do you think we're headed in that direction? Or do you think that's going to be an impasse with the 18 games and the, the players being unwilling to give that up? How bad do you want that marijuana? <laughs> well, I don't know. Let's take I a poll. I know about you. I'm asking about the players, though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ronnie, Ronnie, How bad you want that marijuana, Ronnie? <laughs> <laughs> He's already got it. He's in Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. It's legal here. Uh, well, that is the you know, signal yeah, you know. that we're going to hear for about another study. Yes, another study from Ron Borges on our Borges or Bogus. Yeah, brought to you by Motel 6. Book online at motel6.com, and Ron, yes, Ron, will leave the light on for you. I certainly will. Look, the news is seldom good when the subject is the connection between playing football and losing your mind. Uh, so it was after the latest study done by the Boston University School of Medicine, which di uh, diagnosed CTE, chronic traumatic encephalophily, in 177 of 202 former football players. That's an astounding 86.6%. The numbers worsen the longer you play. The disease which causes memory loss, cognitive issues, suicidal thoughts, rage, impulsivity, and worse was found in 110 of 111 former NFL players' brains and 7 of 8 former CFL players. It was also found in 48 of 53 college players. Those are incident rates of 99 and 91%. Now, for players who did not play beyond high school, the numbers tumbled to only 3 cases in 14, and no cases were found in 2 pre-high school players. The latter's good news, obviously, but unless you believe the world is flat and the polar ice caps aren't melting, one truth is clear. The longer you play football, the greater the risk of breaking your brain. Now, all who play do not experience the cluster of tau protein in the brain that results in CTE. And surely if a study was done of everyone who ever played, common sense argues that the percentages would go down. 
But as longtime researcher in the field, Dr. Ann McKee said, it's impossible to ignore anymore. And I would say to think otherwise is bogus. One can argue the college study wasn't broad enough, but 48 out of 53 is broad enough to tell me something's going on. And through high school, it would appear, the odds are your son will come out okay. After that, you're playing with your son's brain. And that seems bogus choice to me. The games apologists will argue uh, there's much more we don't know about the effects of concussions and subconcussive hits and repetitive blows to the head. Uh, but where each study has led is to the same conclusion. You play football at your peril, especially if you play pro football. Critics argued this study was looked at looking at up- outdated data, claiming it was done on players prior to recent equipment and rules changes. Perhaps, but anyone who ever put on a helmet understands the limitations of such changes if football is to remain football. You can apologize all you want for what the game is. You can argue the growing pile of studies have flaws and thus are bogus. You can believe the world's flat, too, if you want. But if you're trying to decide whether your son should play, play football, factor in the skeptics if you'd like to. But factor in these numbers. 86.6% of all players, 99% of NFL players, 91% of college players came away with dented brains. You like those odds for your boy? Ron, speaking of your boy, your son Jack is playing a contact sport that has its own issues with concussions, hockey. What's your level of concern with his participation in that sport? And what if he came to you this fall and said, Dad, I want to play football? Uh, well, I can tell you the latter. We've already talked about it, and I've already told him not, not happening, uh, even though I played myself. Uh, there is a concern with hockey. There's no question about it. The belief is the incidents, however, are, are far less than they are in, in football. You don't get those repetitive headshots over and over again. And I think with the updated knowledge about what to do when a kid gets a concussion, there's a much better uh, chance of avoiding that. But it's a concern. There's no question about it. Hey, Ron, quick one. Uh, how much concern do you think the NFL has about this report? I think they're concerned about the report because it's another PR problem and another thing to convince uh, mothers to tell their kids not to play, which disengages them from the game. Okay. Well, we're going to stop right there and take a break. When we return, we'll hear from Lorenzo Neal, as well as Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Drew Pearson, the original 88 with the Dallas Cowboys, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. Mm, All right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors Mm -hmm. (laughs) and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how... If you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Hey, Ron Borges. Yes, sir. Do you know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? means if I was smart, I would have called 15 minutes ago. So get smart, Ron. Go. I need to. Go to geico.com. Right now. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> and as Ron said, you should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, as you know, LaDainia Tomlinson's entering the Pro Football Hall of Fame this weekend. But what you might not know is that former fullback Lorenzo Neal is presenting him. Now, Lorenzo played five seasons with the Chargers and was so effective clearing the lanes for LT that he, too, will be in Canton this weekend as a presenter for LT. But Lorenzo Neal is more than a presenter. Yes, sir, he's one of the best blocking fullbacks in NFL history. A four-time Pro Bowler, 
three-time All-Pro and member of the 2000s All-Decade team, who also happens to be one of the best interviews anywhere. Lorenzo, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, guys. I'm honored and privileged to come on the show with you all. Well, thank you. Um, first question. Surprise when LT asked you to present him, and second is, what's more difficult, blocking for him or making this weekend's presentation? <laughs> well, I, I, I was definitely surprised. I mean, you, you think about LT and who he is and what he represented for the National Football League Hall of Famer, or he'll be one of the top five backs in the history of the National Football League, um, a total back, block, catch, do it all. I was surprised. When you think about LT and his manager and just who he is as a player and what he meant to the National Football League, like I said earlier, it's just amazing. I mean, think about the guys that he could have had him introduce him. Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Antonio Gates, another Hall of Famer, the three Hall of Fame guys probably going to be Hall of Famers, you know, when it's all said and done. Any, any coach that played against him, just so many people that he could have had interview him, I mean, or, or introduce him at the Hall of Fame. So I'm very privileged, honored, humbled, taken back, was very surprised, and uh, just really, really just excited to be able to honor a man who needs no introduction, but just really, really played the game like it was meant to be played. Well, he also, as you know, uh, Lorenzo was a very smart player, which he just proved by picking you because he knew who opened the holes for him. <laughs> that's yeah, that's for sure. right. <laughs> that's, that's for damn right. uh, <laughs> I don't uh, know about that, guys. Heck, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I think I was a lot smarter because I followed the great backs. I followed LT. I said, hell, I'll go block for him. I mean, he's just an amazing guy. I mean, I know he probably wanted to kick me. He made me look so good. I mean, I'll tell you guys a quick story. His, when he scored the uh, touchdown to break the single-season record, we're playing against Denver, and we ran 77 toss crack. And uh, we break the huddle, and I tell LT, I always say, LT, get on my hip and don't dip. I'll take you, Daddy. Let's ride. And he said, let's go. And I remember coming out of the huddle and seeing them. They were, you know, in a, you know, in a bare front, and they had, you know, just brought the safety down in the corner, and they, they loaded that side. And I was like, all right, cool. I said, I got to make this block. There's going to be an extra guy out there. I come out of the stance. I'm nervous. It's every, the crowd's yelling, LT, LT. How about me taking three steps, guys, and I'm face plant. I'm falling, crawling on the ground, trying to get up to make a block. I'm in the ground. I'm dirt. I'm like, okay, where's the boo? LT's going to get killed because there's three guys. Three unblocked guys. That's going to watch this play. I'm crawling. My face, I just put it down. I finally just put my face into the ground and like, okay, I want to hear all the boos and LT's getting blown up. Then I hear the cheers. I mean, I get up. I look up. I wipe it, get the grass out of my helmet and take the grass, look at the stains on my shirt and everything else, and everyone's picking LT up and, he scored a touchdown, and he points at me like, I got you, son. I got you. I'll make a miss. So it was just amazing, that play. <laughs> when, when people ask you what made LT Hall of Fame worthy, what comes to mind immediately for you? Uh, refusing to be average. Every now and then you see guys come along, whether it's a great fighter, great athlete, you know, scholar, they're just different. They transcend so many things. And I've been blessed to play a lot of around a lot of great players from, you know, played with guys, the Warren Saps, played with, you know, Corey Dillon, Eddie George, played with, you know, played on a lot of different teams, you know, played with the Saints where, you know, with some great defenses with Pat, you know, Ricky Jackson, Von Johnson, Sam Mills, the Dorm Patrol. You play with and play against so many great players, but sometimes you see that guy, you say, he's rare. He's got something, an it factor. And even though LT's demeanor, when you saw this guy, when he walked onto the field and the way that he went about working, running plays, you know, every time at practice, instead of running 20 yards, he's running 50, 60 yards down the field. 
and just watching film, doing the extra when no one is around, you said, oh, my God, this guy is going to be special. And we got to watch history. I think his want-to and his refusing to be average, his refusing to be anything less than great, uh, it was just that's what drove him, and that's what made him such a unique player. I was in New England, of course, when uh, uh, in the playoff game when he couldn't play and he was on the sidelines the whole time with his helmet on. He took a lot of incoming fire. Clearly he was hurt. Uh, and so was Rivers, you know, and Rivers was able to play and, 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 and LT couldn't. What did you make of that whole situation based on what you know about who LT was? Well, I think I, I know everyone's like, oh, Philip played with a bum knee, just had surgery a week, week early. Philip didn't need his legs to do much. Probably would have been better to go with Bullock. You know, Billy Bullock just won us the playoff game prior to that. Probably, you know, probably hindsight probably should have went with him because Billy Bullock was more mobile. But needs to say he still went out there. But LT, he needs his knees. He needs to be able to move a lateral. When you don't have your meniscus and all those things that was going on with his knee, he was he was no he was no help to us. He he was so. This is a guy that we know his competitive nature, how much he wants to win. And you look at it, and people are like, "Oh, he's just quitting." And no, this guy went out there, tried to play, and people take to forget the year before hell, he almost went on the field, and and you never see LT get mad and want to fight. The guy came on in the middle of the field, New England Patriots, and then the lights out, and you know, the Danny went crazy. I mean, so you know, his heart was there, his desire was there, but when you don't, when you're not, you can't, you know, you can't put a bandaid on a shotgun wound. He was not physically able to play, and when you're that great. And you mean so much to your team. It was he knows that the, he knows that the weight was on him, but he just couldn't do it. And by the way, we had a guy by the name of Michael Turner. He was pretty good back, and another guy, Darren Sproles, pretty good backup too. No, they're not LT, but this was really a tough point in LT's life. I think when he, when he came home, it was sort of like uh, came back and hearing all the the naysays and what people were writing about him. This guy's question is his heart and question his ability. It, it, it hurt him and it drove him. But it was just, it, I thought it was totally unfair, especially for a running back of that caliber to try to go out there and try to play, and, and, and you couldn't get anything out of him because of the fact his knee was very tender. Were you yes. surprised by the reaction of, the, of a lot of people in light of the fact who, people knew who he was and the kind of player he was? I really was because for just the fans, and even it was San Diego fans, when you got to see lightning in the bottle, a lot of people say that, you know, I arguably this was – you know, some, some players say, well, this is the best defensive lineman that ever played on a chart. Well, this is the best defensive uh, cornerback that ever played in, in, whether it's in Cleveland. People say I was the best on that team maybe ever. But they don't say this guy is one of the best that played in the whole National Football League. Think about what you're saying about a guy, not the best uh, you know, running back ever to play in San Diego, but one of the best that ever played in this great league that has so many great running backs. Why would a guy like that fake an injury or not want to play and I think people took his body language by his head down and moping and not necessarily up and trying to cheer people on. I think people took that as a negative, and they thought that he was quitting and throwing in the towel when that was so far from the truth. It was his frustration, and he understood what he meant to this organization and what he meant to this team in order for them to be successful. So it really, really broke him. really, really was tough on LT at the time. And, uh, yeah, I was shocked how many negative people came out and really, really tried to uh, crucify LT about not playing. You know what, Lorenzo, as somebody who covered the Chargers for 10 years, and, and I've been in and around LT uh, and the circle of friends, I couldn't agree with him more. I mean, I was in San Diego for 10 years, and, and I thought the backlash was unfair, and I think you're absolutely right. I think it did hurt him. Uh, I really think it did hurt him. Uh, we're speaking with former NFL star Lorenzo Neal, who's going to present LT, Ladanian Thompson, at Canton this weekend, and you're listening to him on the Talk of Fame Network. 
And Lorenzo, because you were part of so many of those yards that Ladanian Tomlinson accumulated over the years, do you feel like a part of you is going into the hall with him? You know what? It's it's it, for me. It's all about how do I serve, and I think that people. I, I think this biggest thing is about me being able to present LT. I don't think I'm going to do him justice. I think uh, do I feel a part? I think that everyone feels a part of it. From Nick Hardwick to you know, from Nick to you know Philip Rivers to Drew Brees, Antonio Gates being a, such a prolific, you know, uh, tight end. You know the different Marcus McNeil, Marcus McNeil, the different uh, uh, different linemen, golf. You know all the linemen. All of us feel a part of that. We all feel a part of his success, even though he made us all look better than what we were. We still do feel a part of us going into the Hall of Fame because that's his moment, though, and this is his moment. This is a guy guys that you know was an unbelievable player and my biggest thing is not what i'm trying to my message it's not about they're going to be able to watch the highlights of lt and say wow look at that guy wow and they're going to be able to people whether you were whether you were on his team or part of the charger fan face you loved it you got to see it but if you were the opposing team even though you hate him you got to witness a great one you got to witness something that doesn't get happen often watching the gate play this guy played so I just want people to know the kind of man it's going to the Hall of Fame. That's my thing. I would be doing him a disjustice if I just talked about what he did to the, on the field because he's a Hall of Fame individual. He's a Hall of Fame dad. He's a Hall of Fame individual. That's the biggest thing that I want people to know. You might see the player. I knew the man. Okay, Lorenzo, we've got about 30 seconds left. Can you tell me quickly, what is something about LT that nobody else knows? Well, my, my sister, she's a, she was born with Down syndrome, and her name is Twyla. And, uh, you know, she'd go to games and different things. And, and every time he would see her, he would go out of his way, whether it's a pro bowl or no, or she's over in a corner by herself. They get excluded a lot of times in life. This guy made her feel like an angel. And he didn't have to. He did And People say he did it because his sister. No, I don't care if he did it. He did it because that's who he is. There was a running back that played on the Chargers every Thursday that would have a deal where all, all the older players come back and come out every Thursday. And older players don't have money. Sometimes things happen to them. They would bring jerseys, and this guy would always make LT sign. People say, LT, why are you signing these jerseys? He's selling them. LT said, because I can, and I can help anyone I can help, I'm going to do. And he was just an amazing person. Those are just two quick things that just stick in my heart to know that this man wasn't about himself. He's about serving. And that's what he is. He's a serve. He served people. He served communities. And he served others that couldn't help themselves. Lorenzo Neal, thanks so much for the time. And we'll see you this Saturday. No worries, guys. Looking forward to meeting you. Thanks, that was Lorenzo Neal, LT's presenter this weekend. Up next, it's John Elway. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, it's Jim. I can't take your call right now. I'm digging for oil in my basement to help pay for my family's mobile bill. A little crazy, you say? <laughs> you try getting a data plan that has enough gigs for my family. And I thought braces were expensive. We definitely need a switch. Stuck in a dysfunctional family plan? Switch to Boost Best Family Plan right now and get four lines for just $25 per line, each with unlimited gigs. With Metro PCS, you only get two gigs per line for the same price. Plus, switch today and get up to four free phones, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 9 10, 17. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited data, talk, and text. Video streams optimized at up to 480p plus resolution. Music up to 500 kilobits per second and cloud gaming up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization applies during congestion. Comparison based on Metro PCS's 2 gigabyte promo plan as of 4 17 For additional details, visit their website. Free phones while supplies last. Requires port in and activation on $100 plan. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. 
Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Meanderings. Oh man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. Scored some big savings and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage, why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. Maybe it would just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. There's people who care where I'm going And good friends who welcome me home So get a fourth hang of freedom Drive the American road And with a fourth hang of freedom Find your own highway We'll take you wherever you go Marathon, fueling the American spirit a good night's sleep starts with the right pillow. That's where my pillow comes in. And now, for a limited time, just go to mypillow.com, click the radio listener special tab, and use promo code SKY to get two premium king or queen pillows and two additional go anywhere travel pillows, all for 50% off and free shipping. That's mypillow.com, promo code SKY, or call 1 800 635 1825. 1 800 635 1825. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. And you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, when we had Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway on here a couple years ago, he said... Terrell Davis should be in the Hall, adding that he wouldn't have won two Super Bowls without him. Well, guess what? Terrell Davis is in the Hall. At least he will be Saturday when he's inducted. And John Elway, who is a first ballot choice for Kent in 2004, he's back with us to talk TD, Pat Bolin, and the Denver Broncos. John, always, always a pleasure to have you on. Well, thanks. Glad to be on. John, first question. You want to tell us what your reaction was when you first heard that uh, TD was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Well, I mean, I was, I mean, totally excited for Terrell. I'd known him not only as a football player, but as a friend and a, and a person. I was thrilled for him. And, you know, any time that, uh, you know, you have the success that Terrell's had in this league, to be able to see that that really, you know, that dream come true of him getting in the Hall of Fame was uh, something I was really excited for for him. And not only him, but also the Denver Broncos and all the fans. John, you were with uh, Terrell Davis from the start. What made him Hall of Fame worthy? You know, I think that, uh, you know, the consistency that he played with, uh, you know, his, his first six, seven years, I mean, he was, when he started as a rookie, came in, he was phenomenal his first year, and he just continued to get stronger. And so the consistency that he played with throughout his career, as well as the 2,000-yard season he had in 98, uh, um, you know, just goes to show how strong he did get. And so, I mean, I think the consistency that he played with at the level, at the high level that he played with for so long, I think is what made him Hall of Fame worthy. Hey, John, when you first saw him, did you know that he was something special, that you were looking at something extraordinary? Yeah, we did. And I think, you know, especially with the system that we ran, with the, with the zone 
uh, system. And, you know, that's where Terrell was so good. He had great patience, ran with great patience, was able to let things happen in front of him. And then, you know, when he saw daylight, he could stick his foot in the ground and get north and south. And, you know, he could run with quickness. He could make people miss, but he could also run with power. And so he had it all, was good out of the backfield. So he's, a, you know, a complete running back for us. John, you know, one of the issues for a lot of the voters uh, was the shortness of relative shortness of his career. You know, Gail Sayers was really had five great years out of, out of seven. He was kind of the shortest. Uh, and that was a worry for a lot of people, what happens going forward. Uh, any concerns as a Hall of Famer yourself that this could perhaps open the door to guys who had, you know, three great years, and then what? Uh, any worry about that? Not, not for me. I think especially for that position, I think especially when you look at Terrell and the impact that he had, on the football team, why he, why he was healthy. I think that, uh, you know, there's no question, as I said, you, I heard in your lead-up, that, uh, you know, we wouldn't have been in those, won, won, won those world championships in 97 and 98 without Terrell uh, on the football team because of the dominant, uh, you know, way that he played the game and ability to run the football. So I am not concerned with it because I think when we look at Terrell, you look at Gail Sayers, and you look at the impact that they had on their football teams while they were playing, to me that's what made them Hall of Fame worthy. Oh, we're with Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway, who also happens to be Denver's Hall of Fame general manager, uh, on the Talk of Fame Network. And you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at talkoffamenet. And, and, John, just to follow up on Ron's question, um, should longevity in your mind be a factor when considering the Hall of Fame? And, and if so, how much of a factor? Well, I mean, I, yeah, there's no question. I think longevity has a, has an impact on it. I think, uh, you know, you obviously look at different positions with the running back and the pounding that those running backs take. To me, uh, that's a little bit of a different situation. But I think there's no question longevity should have something to do with it because it's a matter of doing it, you know, to be great. I think you have to be good for a long time. And so I think, uh, you know, longevity should. I think you have to look at position. You have to look at impact of what that one player may or may have, may had for that uh, organization. So, um, you know, we wouldn't have been great with Terrell over that four-year period that uh, when I played with him, that he played so well. And so, um, you know, but uh, getting back to your original question, is, I, I, yeah, I think you always got to look at longevity. John, you know, we understand that uh, when Terrell first met his agent, Neil Schwartz, after many hours of discussion, Schwartz told him when, when he reached the Hall of Fame, he wanted to TD's promise that Schwartz would present him. So he will. Did you make any promises like that to your agent? Uh, I did not. I believe it. I did not. You know, uh, I didn't. Uh, but uh, you know, I think that it shows the kind of guy that Terrell is, and the fact that he's coming through with his promise. And because uh, I think I think Neil is presenting him, correct? He is. Yeah. Yep. yeah so I mean, I, I show you what kind of man he's a man of his word, which is uh, makes him a Hall of Fame person too. You know, John. Of course, someone who's who's not going in this uh, uh, next week, but it will be certainly mentioned over the weekend is your owner Pat Bolin. And I know you've been uh, outspoken on, on why you believe he belongs in, in Canton. Could you sort of share with, with our li- listeners, you know, why you think uh, he deserves a, a bust in Canton? Well, I mean, I think number one, I think if you look at Pat Bowen as, you know, being able to play for him, I think he gave us every opportunity to to be successful. I mean, he was a competitive guy. He was a triathlete himself. And so, therefore, he brought that to the business world and to his football team and and, uh, you know, his main goal was to win, win a world championship and do everything he can with the resources possible to be able to do that. And so, you know, he never pulled any punches on us and was able, you know, anything that he had, the resources that he could give us, uh, you know, he gave us. And so as a player looking at as an owner, um, you know, you couldn't ask for a, for a, 
a better guy to play for. Now, when you look at Pat and what he's done for the league and his participation on all the different committees that he had at the league level, you look at uh, you know the success and the, the the jump that the NFL has made since 1984 to where it is right now. He has had a major impact on that with all the different committees that he was on and then I think if you look at the success of his football team from that period until now uh, you know there's no question that uh, you know those numbers put him in the Hall of Fame in my mind. John and we're speaking with Hall of Fame quarterback and Hall of Fame general manager John Elway in the Talk of Fame Network. John you're speaking to the right people because Rick Austin and I both are on the contributor committee and of course Pat Boland is a contributor candidate this year and he came close last year but uh, we were both wondering if you gained more of an appreciation for Mr. Boland as a player or as a front office employee? You know, I think, well, I, I think as a player, I, I was very fortunate in the fact that I was I had a great relationship with him and I was able to play golf. And so I got to know him as a person. And then, and then I think as, you know, I went to work for him as a general manager and, and got a chance to see how the insides, because you really don't see how the insides of an organization work while you're playing. Uh, and I've been able to see the you know, the importance that Pat put on football now that I work for him in the front office and see how the inner workings of the team work. And number one is it's about football and it's about the football team and, and nothing comes. It's football team number one and everything else is probably fourth and fifth. And so that that mentality is what I saw as a player and I even saw it more as a general manager. And that's why it's, uh, you know, I look at my job here as a general manager and it's, uh, you know, I don't know that there's a better one in the league in this position because of the resources and the mentality that this organization takes when it comes to winning. Hey, John, what was your fondest memory of Pat? What Was it when he raised the Lombardi Trophy in San Diego if that Super Bowl and said, this one's for John? I know, it still gives a lot of us chills. You know what? It really was, and it was very unexpected. I didn't know, uh, you know, that was not something I knew was coming, and I think that uh, – um, you know, number one, at that point in time, we're thrilled to finally getting over the hump after after we had lost four Super Bowls and and uh, as, a, as an organization and three myself to be able to get over the hump and win that. But uh, that really meant something to me. And, and uh, when he said that, especially knowing how important the rest of the fo- football team was, but uh, for him to be able to say that was, you know, as you said, probably the, 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 the most uh, – that was surprised, but also the most meaningful moment uh, – um, my career. Does it give you chills when you hear that? It really does. It does. And, uh, you know, I, the, the sad thing is he's not here every day, so we have a chance to, to, uh, to be around him. But, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, glad that we were able to get over a hump and win him a world championship. You know, one other question, John, you know, you have a lot of uh, influence on voters, talking to, the, to, to three of us here. Another Bronco in your mind who belongs in Canton. Does somebody come to mind? For me personally, it's Mecklenburg because I was around those Raider teams when he and Gratishow and those guys were playing, and I know Mecklenburg was the guy that drove them nuts. Is there a guy for you, though, another uh, player who, when you think of the Broncos, say, this guy has to be the next guy? You know, I think that uh, number one, when you look at number one, you look at the the Denver Broncos, you look at the you know the defense that we've played over the over the, especially since I've been around and when I was playing here in the '80s and the great defense that we played. And you know, it's surprising that we don't have a defensive player in the hall. And so, you know, if I think you're right, and the fact is, the guy that would be the first one would probably be Carl Mecklenburg, just because of the fact of the versatility that he had. He was a great pass rusher. He also played inside linebacker, and can, could do so many different things and so you know when I think back I think Carl's at the top of my list Steve Atwater's right there the impact that he had on our defense and the safety the, the ability that he 
played at safety. He kind of changed the mentality of safeties. Plus, you know, the size that he came with, he was a he was a very intimidating safety. And so, those are the first two guys that pop off the top of my mind as far as guys that uh, should be in the hall. How about Gratishar, John? Gratishar too. You know, I only got a chance to play with one with Randy one year, but. You look at what Joe Collier's defenses did back in those days, and Randy, uh, you know, Randy was not a thumper, but Randy was a guy that made it, you know, he made all the plays and, and uh, was very smart. And so I think the instincts that Randy had and the way that he played and the number of tackles that he played with on a great defense, because in 77 when they went to the Super Bowl, they got there because of the defense and the defense they played, and Randy was a big part of that. And Randy, you know, for a 10-year period, uh, you know, had so many different tackles that there's no question I think Randy would be on that list too. Hey, John, I asked you earlier, what was your fondest memory of Pat? And let's take it back, Ron. What was your fondest memory of, of Terrell Davis? Well, I mean, with Terrell, I think there's, there's, there's several ones. And I always say this is the fact that, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was very fortunate in that I had the best seat in the house to be able to watch Terrell Davis run. And, uh, you know, he was a tremendous, you know, tremendous power, speed, could stick his foot in the ground, really, really get north and south, and could do it. We could give him the ball 25, 30, pounds, 30 times a game. So he's a guy that could really carry a football game. And so, you know, he had so many great games that it's hard to put a finger on which one was the most special. But I think about Terrell is, you know, not only is he a Hall of Fame football player, but he's a Hall of Fame person. And I think that uh, that's why I'm so excited for him. Well, were you surprised? I guess, you know, one of the things that struck me is, were you surprised when you heard that he got in? Not that, not that he belonged in, but you knew what the issue was, uh, you know, the, the, the lack of, uh, of years because of his injuries. Yeah. When, when you actually heard it, John, were you surprised initially that well, you know what I was? I was excited about the fact that they overcame the length of of the career. And because if you if you take that out of the equation, um, you know, there's no question Terrell Davis would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. And so I think that I was glad that, uh, the, you know, the voters were able to look past that and look the impact of what he did in, in the time that he was in the league and the impact and, and a year, every year that before he got hurt of what he did. And so I, I was ex- extremely excited, number one, that they, wrote, they were able to overlook the length of the career and really look at the, the inside of what his career was and how great he was, why he was playing. John, I, I want to ask you about, I know one more question about Pat Bolin, but we've had Terrell Davis on here before. We certainly have seen him at Hall of Fame events and seen him at Super Bowl. So we know how meaningful this is to him. But in and around Denver, and also for the Bolin family, how meaningful would it be for Pat Bolin if and when he gets into Canton? Well, I mean, I think it would be, you know, it's hard to even compare that. I think it would be, you know, off the charts as far as anybody that's a Denver Bronco fan or, you know, and especially his family because they all know and how much it uh, would mean to Pat and the fact is the – the time that he put in, the resources he put into his football team, the amount of time that he spent at the league and on the committees and, and really helped grow this league from where it was in 1984 when he came into the league to where it is to where it is now and the jumps that it's made and the impact that he's all had. So, I mean, I don't think you can really even qualify exactly how much it would mean because it would be off the charts be knowing that, uh, especially for all the guys that played for Pat Bull and knowing that uh, he was in the Hall of Fame. John? Always, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks for the time, and always a privilege to speak with you. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Great talking to you. Thanks, John. That was General GM and Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway. Up next, it's our two-minute drill. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. All right, this is Terrell Davis. You're listening to Rick, Ron, and Clark on the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. 
We're also brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper and get a local or toll-free number or just bring your own. To see how it works, just go to grasshopper.com. Hi, this is Morton Anderson, and you're listening to Rick, Ron, and Clark, uh, the Talk of Fame Network. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. All right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors Mm -hmm. (laughs) and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs? You kidding me? There's that whistle again. Yes, there it is, meaning we're near the finish line. So, Derek, take us home with a two-minute drill brought to you by Burger King Breakfast. What's the first thing Jimmy Johnson says to Jerry when they meet? Derek, hit it. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! <laughs> uh, I think it's probably nothing printable. If you were Jerry Jones' social director, whom would you have as Friday night's house band? You two and McCarty have both played AT&T Stadium. I wouldn't rule either of them out for the shindig. Ooh. Uh, Nirvana, because he's reached it. Morton Anderson, Jan Stenrud, or Adam Vinatieri? I believe only one of those kickers had the privilege and pleasure of attending Michigan State University, so strike up the band, Eric. <laughs> Ron, could you get him out of the room? Get that band yeah, out of here. I believe only one of those kickers had the privilege of ever winning anything. That would be Adam Vinatieri. <laughs> Ken Easley, Ronnie Lott, or Ed Reed? If I want a ball hawk, I want Reed. If I want a hitter, I want Easley. If I want a combo, I want Lott. Easily, because I think the best should be first. True or false, Jason Taylor makes a Hall of Fame pitch for his brother-in-law, Zach Thomas. True, and Zach Thomas should be discussed. Hopefully, false. He should be discussed, but not by Jason Taylor. Which of us is the first to check into Legends Landing? That would be me, because I'm at the Hall for the seniors meeting at the end of this month. I hope that five-star hotel is ready by then. That would be he, because he's already a Legend Landing. That would be me because I'm going to be there for the contributor meeting at the end of this month. Odell Beckham says NFL players should get NBA money. Agree or disagree? If you want NBA money, Odell, go play in the NBA. I would say yes, but only if they agree to play in T-shirts and shorts. Jamal Adams thinks the football field, quote, is the perfect place to die, unquote. What do you think about Jamal Adams? Don't look at me to knock a kid. CTE or marijuana usage? Roger Goodell says he has no concerns about returning to Gillette Stadium. Should we have him speak to Ron this weekend? It all depends on what day of the week he decides to visit Gillette Stadium. Obviously, Roger's never been to my old neighborhood. Hey, Ron, any chance you could hang that Super Bowl 51 banner from your neighborhood house? (laughs) (laughs) I think you got room, anyway. We'd like to thank John Elway, Kenny Easley, and Lorenzo Neal for joining us, Derek Burns for producing us, and you for listening to us. If you'd like to hear this or any of our podcasts, just go to talkoffamenetwork.com or log onto iTunes or your podcast app. Otherwise, you can find us next week, this time, and on this station. We'll be here, and we hope you will be, too. This is Ron Rivera, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh, well, uh... Honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um... Well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. 
and see when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, Sunshine. <laughs> Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Hi, Tom Bodette, trying to align my chakras around this hot yoga thing. Yep, they finally found a way to make working out even more uncomfortable. Well, at least with Motel 6, you've got one less thing to sweat. They've got clean, comfortable, and now completely updated rooms at a great low price. So the only thing you're stretching is your dollar. Sounds like my kind of place to namaste. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light and the AC on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Take your call right now. I'm digging for oil in my basement to help pay for my family's mobile bill. A little crazy, you say? <laughs> you try getting a data plan that has enough gigs for my family. And I thought braces were expensive. We definitely need a switch. Stuck in a dysfunctional family plan? Switch to Boost Best Family Plan right now and get four lines for just $25 per line, each with unlimited gigs. With Metro PCS, you only get two gigs per line for the same price. Plus, switch today and get up to four free phones, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 9 10, 17. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited data, talk, and text. Video streams optimized at up to 480p plus resolution. Music up to 500 kilobits per second and cloud gaming up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization applies during congestion. Comparison based on Metro PCS's 2 gigabyte promo plan as of 425.17. For additional details, visit their website. Free phones while supplies last. Requires port in and activation on $100 plan. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply.